0: You know, God is really interested in relationships. So that little time actually fits within worship. God's really interested in relationships. So that little time isn't just a fill-in. It actually fits well into, into worship. Hey, folks, we're just about to begin three weeks where I'm going to be asking us to, to join together in prayer, whether it's individual or a small group of people or, or unitedly. Praying for the beginning of the year. Um, I'll I'll read a scripture that has has really struck me. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. And Paul says this, he says, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray by the simplicity from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. This is amazing. Mm. The comparison that he's making is probably the biggest comparison you can make in the world. He's saying, remember when Eve got deceived? Do you remember the results of that? Yeah. Does anyone know what the results of that were? Were they small or large? Yeah, <laughs> they're just massive. So he takes this huge thing and he says, just like that happened, I'm concerned. And he uses of of what can happen in your mind and my mind of moving away from the simplicity of Jesus Christ, the simplicity of devotion to Jesus Christ. On Wednesday night, I had two dreams and and I believe God spoke to me. I believe he spoke to me uh, for the service here today. Um, and I seldom remember dreams. So when I do, I, I think it's important. I have to get up very quickly and write it down, or it's gone. And I have a background in sailing. Um, I had a, my best friend, when I was 13, his father had a yacht. It was a 36-foot yacht, and then they got a 45-foot yacht. And I spent um, from 13 through to about 25, 26 years of age, every single holiday, um, sailing. We would just go away for weeks at a time. I, I, I love sailing. And in this dream, I, I was being towed in a, about a twenty-something foot yacht um, out from uh, a, a marina out to the start line for a race, and I was, on, I was at the tiller. And suddenly, the boat, where up till that point it had been but just tripping along beautifully, just hardly any weight behind the launch at all, people were looking uh, back. Suddenly, the boat began to founder. It was full of water, and, and it was just kind of turning like this, and, it, and it, was, it was going down. And I'm looking at the boat and thinking, there's nothing wrong with this boat. It's perfect. Why is the boat sinking? Why is it going down? And instantly I realized that although I was at the tiller, which, which of course is the steering part of a boat, the shaft, there was no shaft from the tiller down through the hull to the rudder. And, and the water was just cascading in through the glands of the rudder that were there, and the whole boat was going down. And I felt Jesus speaking to me about a life with relationship where he was in the steering mechanism, or a Christian life without connection to him, where we're steering the boat, and the difference that that can actually make. You see, our Christian lives can be built either upon a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, or else we will become religious. There's only two tracks. The fruit of trying to be a a Christian without an ongoing connection with Jesus is that we will become a Pharisee. And Jesus had the most strong, powerful words against the Pharisees, words of condemnation of them. And then he explained to them why they were like that. In John chapter 5 and verses 39 and 40, he said, You guys study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. But these are the very scriptures that testify of me, Jesus. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. You see, life, capital L, capital I, capital F, capital E, in the Christian life is not found in keeping the rules being good, coming to church, praying, reading the Bible, tithing, serving people, they're all good things. But life, L-I-F-E, life, comes from a genuine connection with Jesus Christ and all the other things just follow on. It's people who are genuinely connected who are spending time in His presence, with Him, talking to Him, and hearing what He's saying back, and following Him, and doing the very thing that He's asked, next thing that He's asking us to do. So, does your Christian life resemble a sluggish, wallowing boat that's slowly sinking, or a boat that's moving forward across the sea, powered by the Spirit's wind and the sails, doing the next thing that God has spoken to you about? and the second dream was about an animal. I went back to sleep and the picture here was an animal that had been left somewhere while the owner went off maybe on a holiday somewhere else. It was at a friend 's home or it might have been a holiday home i don 't uh, a pet holiday home i don 't know but but the the thought is that when the owner returns the the pet the animal hears the owner 's footstep um, voice mannerisms, and it comes alive and, and and have you ever been have you had a pet and, and gone somewhere and you 've come back and It probably isn't a cat. It's probably... I mean, cats are... We're not sure whether cats can get saved or not. Cats are... But dogs... Dogs are are just amazing animals, aren't they, Dale? And the dog just jumps forward and starts licking you to death. Well, in my dream... In my dream, the animal um, just boinged into my presence when I turned up. It went boing and suddenly... It actually frightened me in the dream. And, and, And it just... It just wanted to be with me, you know, and and it was so excited, and it wasn't a dog or a cat. My animal was a little round thing like this with stubby legs and pointy hair, and it was going boing, 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 in the same room that I was as I turned up. And it was so excited to be in my presence. And yet it didn't fall all over me and lick me. It was kind of excited to be with me, but it was like it was shy, because it was in the room, but shy. A- and it was waiting to see if I was really keen to be with it. Wow. Waiting to see if I would respond to the fact that the animal was there. And it reminded me of the Song of Songs, where, um, which is a picture of the church, and Jesus. In the actual Song of Songs, it's a book in the Old Testament, Um, Solomon is called the lover. He's the one who's got now engaged to this beauty he's found this beautiful girl, Shalamath. And Solomon is a picture of Jesus. And Shalomoth is a picture of the church. And it reminded me of this because there's a point in the story where Shalamath has gone to bed. She has her own room. She's not sleeping with him. She's she's keeping herself pure. She's got her own room there. And Solomon turns up late at night and bangs, bangs on the door. Jesus comes to his church and bangs on the door of people's hearts. He comes to individuals and he bangs on the door. And he says to her, come away with me. I've got things in the city I want to show you. Come on. And she's waking up out of sleep. And she, she doesn't even get out of bed. She just calls through the door to him and says, ah, oh, oh, you know, I can't. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm in bed. I'm in my pajamas. I've taken all my makeup off. <laughs> and everything goes silent. And then she wakes up some more. This is a picture of you and me, the church. And we think, wow, wow. That was, that was my lover. That was Jesus. And she gets up out of bed and she goes to the door, but he's gone. He didn't wait around. So she goes out into the city searching for him. She actually gets beaten up in the story if you read it. But you know, there's a, there's a point in every Christian's life where Jesus is more keen to spend time with us and to hang out with us and to commune with us than we are for him. And it's a journey. It's not something we should get worried about. But, you see, Jesus is looking for people who are dead keen to be in his presence. Who recognize his presence and say, this is the most important thing. I want to be with him. Because it's it's times like this morning where the presence of God is upon us. The Bible tells us God's doing stuff in our heart and changing us. And he's looking for people who want to be in his, in, in his presence with him. That's where the real change takes place within us. And most of it's painless. Mm. Yeah. That's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. How hungry for Jesus are you? Is it if he fits in with your schedule? I'm really hungry when I'm ready, Lord. But if he comes late at night and bangs on the door of our life, or if he comes in the early in the morning, or if he comes at some time where we've got something planned, is it, I haven't got time now, Jesus, I've taken all my makeup off, you know, and look, I'm in, I've in. i changed clothes. I just can't. Or do you have a desire to connect with God whenever there's even the slightest inkling that he's come into the room? You know, I was with someone last night, and, and that we invited them over, and we were just sitting together. And, I, and he, I asked him some questions. He started telling me in his testimony. He'd been searching for God for 20 years, this guy. Wow. And, and uh, finally, I guess he would have been in his late 30s, early 40s. He'd been in India for a lot of his life. He'd been in the East searching through all the cults and everything. He said there was a day when Jesus walked into his room. He said he got saved in a second. He just kind of... Saved, he said, the power. He just described it. He said, You know, when the crusaders are winning and it's the last seconds of the game and a try is scored and it's the winning try, you know, the feeling that erupts in a stadium as, as all us Cantabrians are going, Yeah, he said, it was like that only powerful, powerful, powerful more than that. Wow, and he said, Jesus came back the next night too. And then he came back a third night as well. That's probably the most powerful story of, one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard of change. I'd love to have a time like that. I've never had one. So if you've never had anything like that too, don't, don't be worried. I'm just saying that to whatever level we've had an experience of God, are you just hungry for the next one? Because Jesus is actually looking for people who are hungering for him. Every time of new new connection sets you alight for the next one. And Jesus was showing me in these dreams that the Christian life can be like a sailboat where we're racing the race of life well, or it can be like a sluggish, wallowing, embarrassing boat to be on where it's all just hard work and we call it religion. And the difference is based on whether we have a genuine ongoing relationship with Jesus? Do we actually connect? Do we enjoy Him? Do we want to hear Him speak? Do we want to have Him touch us? Do we want His presence around us? You know, all we actually need in our Christian life is Jesus. And yet often we don't know it. We think we need a whole lot more. So I want to say, as we go into 2017, let's just keep Jesus pure and simple in the very center. You know, one thing that can drive us into the arms of Jesus is a sense of our life being out of control. I won't get you to put your hand up if your life is ever out of control. But that's when your life is just spinning too fast, it's too complicated, it's too pressured, and it can cause us suddenly to have an epiphany where we go, I just want the simplicity of Jesus. I can't figure all this stuff up here out, but what I do know is I need Jesus and I need connection with him. See, this is what 2 Corinthians said I'm afraid that the serpent, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus. And the, de- the devil has a deliberate strategy against you. And, and by inference from this scripture, that strategy is, is to get you to have what is called a complicated life. Because yeah. right. if he gets your life complicated, you will move away from that connection with the very one who gives life yeah. at this level. So in 2017, life itself, Western secular culture, helps the devil an awful lot. Because if you're older than five years old, you know you've got a complicated life. It, our life and, and to, to live in this world demands our time and our attention and our energy. And it can get us onto treadmills. Well, sometimes we just keep, keep running and running and running and wonder if we'll ever get off. Get off those treadmills. Am I making sense to anybody here today? Yeah. 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 So as we begin 2017, if we want to go forward as a Christian and not end up as a Pharisee, We need to keep it about Jesus, pure and simple. If your life's already too complex and frenetic and fast-paced, it's time for you to get back to just Jesus, pure and simple. If your health were to get compromised or is compromised, and you're looking for keys in the Bible to see breakthrough, and it just begins to overwhelm you, it's time for you just to get back to the simple message of Jesus, pure and simple. You know, if you've got big challenges at work this year, you know, you know you've got some deadlines and some tasks that need to be done and, and your mind's beginning to spin and you're up at night. Or if you're at school and uni and you've got deadlines and assignments and, and you know you've got study expectations from your parents and things and it's starting to whirl, it's time to get back to Jesus, pure and simple. If your relationships are under pressure and you feel like nothing you say gets through or is received or you say things and it gets worse and you feel like you're juggling balls with time for your spouse or for your girlfriend or time for your kids or with your mates and you're just not in your sweet spot relationally, it's time for you just to put all that aside and get down to the simplicity and purity of just Jesus. If you've had prophecies that you thought should have happened and would have happened by now and you're wondering what to do, maybe they spoke of marriage or they spoke of promotion or change and you're wondering what keys need to be aligned and which scripture has to go first and how do, how do things get into alignment when the full moon comes? Just put it all aside and just go back to the simple of of relationship, of devotion to Jesus. You know, we can get to heaven just by having devotion to Jesus. But life wants to complicate, complicate, swirl, complicate. And the Bible says the devil has a crafty strategy to do it to you and to do it to me. And when we do that, we lose that connection. We haven't lost our position. We've lost the sense of connection. The other option that we have is to go back to trying to do a religious thing and try to do more and prove to God more. And you can make all sorts of promises to God and and you can help old ladies across streets at crossings whether they want to cross or not. And you can do all sorts of things, but you won't prove anything to God at all. It won't get anywhere. You know, a religious person can come into a meeting like this and, 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 and they can come to church and miss Jesus. Yeah. But when you connect, yeah. when he touches you, when you hear his voice or you feel his love and you experience his presence, yeah. everything changes. Yeah. Although nothing's changed outwardly, yeah. everything changes in here, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, have you been having those times lately? When was the last one for you? You see, we're designed to do life with Jesus. Time and connected prayer, or time and connected worship, not singing, but actually connected worship, where this is connected, but more importantly, this is connected too. That's the real thing. That's the real thing. That God is looking for. And we're looking for. And when that happens, everything changes on the inside. Mm. Outwardly, but inwardly, suddenly we can have peace. We can have calm. We can have assurance. We can have energy. Jesus called it life with a capital L. Mm. And it's it's an actual experience. You see, I've met Christians who everything is in here. And, and that's cool, that's great, that's one half of it. But there are actual experiences that we're called to have with the Lord where we, where we actually begin to see Him and sense Him and, and find Him in the room with us. And, and everything changes on the inside. So how long is it since you last experienced that personally? You know, my experience is that we don't find that happening every single day. But probably could happen, so I'm, I'm saying to you, let's all ex- expect that every day is a day when it will happen. Yeah. But each time we do, what I've found is it's enough. Yeah. If I connect fully with God on a day, I'm full. Yeah. It's enough. The future's okay. Yeah. Right. The kids are going to be all right. Yeah. You know? The finances are going to be okay. Yeah. The things over my head are going to be okay. Yeah. Over the holidays, I think of Jesus often. I read and I pray, but I also do a lot of very natural things, one of which wasn't surfing this year. There was, we had such good weather, there was no surf whatsoever. <laughs> All we had was sunshine, I'm sorry, but we were camping, so it was really cool. But I try to plan the year, I try to spend quality time with my kids, I try to catch up with friends, I try to exercise, and, and I try to have some food in the middle of that, and, and suddenly it, it can seem that days just slide by and they're gone, and, but you know, in that time, two times in three weeks, two times in three weeks, I got up in the middle of the night, it just happened to be the middle of the night, and I sat in a chair I got out of the tent, I sat in the marquee where there was a chair, and I just poured my heart out to Jesus because the sense of swirl and complication was growing. And I I finished it with just saying, God, I absolutely trust you. I absolutely trust you. And I connected with God on those two times amazingly. And outwardly, nothing else changed in circumstances but everything changed on the inside here. You know, I told you of this uh, guy that I met with uh, Jesus coming into the room. I mean, that's incredibly powerful, but I don't live at that level. Probably most of you don't live at that that level either. I live down here, Mm. (laughs) way down here, but it's enough. It's the level that God has shown me to this point. So if your life is too complex... Let that complexity, if it gets complex this year, let that complexity drive you to a decision. I'm going to get back to simple, pure devotion to Jesus. You know, we're like a phone searching for a signal. And and when the phone can't get the signal, what happens? The battery just goes way down, eh? We're drained. We're drained. We're distracted. And we need to get back to and allow that signal connect to actually come in strongly. And one of the keys to this happening is openness and honesty before God, which then leads us to openness and honesty or more openness and honesty before people. It says, Your minds will be led astray from the simplicity. And, of, and purity of devotion to Christ. Simplicity in the Greek is haplotes. And the picture that I read in the, in the book helps word studies about that, that word haplotes is the image of a garment that has been sewn up, a beautiful tapestry garment that has been sewn up, that is stretched out straight with no folds. So every, you, we're, talking, we're not talking about computerized making of garments where it's all perfect all the way through. We're talking about hand weaving. And so everything that's beautiful and everything that's flawed is completely open and able to be seen. Wow. And sellers in those days, that, that's called a haplities way of displaying it. That's open, simple simplicity that is completely open with no folds. But sellers could sell them open like that, or they would often wrap them and and wrap them up, and just a portion of the the cloth would be able to be seen. And then buyers would wonder, I can see that that's really good, but is the same quality in the part that I can't see? Do you get what I'm saying? And they'd be wondering whether they're going to be ripped off by inferior workmanship, but haplotes is, is that simplicity where we come with no folds, any flaw able to be seen. What you see, Jesus, is what you get. And Jesus wants us to come haplotes before him. You see, guilt and shame try to make us hide things. We don't even want to face them, let alone be honest with God about them. But relationships aren't built on perfection. They can't be because we're human. We can't can't get there. They're built upon honesty. Let me say that again. Relationships aren't built upon perfection. They're built upon honesty. And the central aspect that causes us to be devoted to Jesus is he knows our flaws He knows everything that's wrong with me and you. And he absolutely adores and loves us. Everything, every part, every part of us. He loves us. And he forgives us. He has forgiven us. And as Christians, we're blessed to live in this covenant of grace. And therefore, we must understand that that means God will never diminish his love towards us. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. You know, if you picture a shaft of light coming through the roof here and just beaming down onto you, absolutely intense, beautiful light that represents God's love. If you were to go out and live your best ever day of your life, doing nothing wrong that you know of. The light wouldn't get stronger. You can't make God love you more. He loves you more already. It's hard to understand, but this is what the Bible says. He says, come with, come to me, hapletes, absolutely open. And what I've discovered is when we do come absolutely open and we just pour our heart openly out before him, They are the times when that connection is often the strongest that it can be. And there's nothing we can do that would make God love us less. Mm. Now you imagine you have the worst day of your life. You get out of bed on the wrong side and there isn't a side and you hit the wall. You manage to get across onto the other side of the bed and you stand on the cat. You throw the cat out the window and that's just the first actions of the day. You're angry with everybody, you're upset with everybody relationally around you, and all sorts of stuff comes out of your mouth, and you do things that are wrong. And that shaft of light is not diminishing over your life. This is the amazing thing of the gospel. There's nothing we can do to make God love us less. But will we sense that connection with our Father? We're going to need to come to him and just yeah. open out before him and pour our heart out before him. Heplaties, yeah. See, living open and truthful before God brings our Christianity alive. Don't hide things. Don't fold areas of your life away and, like this try as hard as possible just to stretch it out before God and it will help you as you relate and me as we relate to the human peoples around us as well because we've started with our heavenly father with an amazing love for us you know perhaps someone is here today and and uh, you you've you've not had a relationship with God and and yet you want to know a god you 're here because you know the spirit of God is drawing you well, this is the God that we serve, a God with immense love who loves you incredibly and I just want to say that you can be forgiven for any sin you can receive the forgiveness that Christ has already put over your life today if you 'd like to yeah. he 's been punished instead of us. Could we have just every head bowed just for a moment and and I just want to just ask that question. Is there anyone here today who wants to respond to a God who loves them, who wants to just put things right in their heart, in their life, of all the mistakes and problems that have been there? This is the amazing gift that God gives to us. And if you want to do that, could I just ask you just to wave your hand at me till I see it? Just let me know. God will be watching as well your life could absolutely transform and change. You don't have to carry any of the, the yuck and the, the shame and the guilt. Absolute for, forgiveness can be yours. And you can't earn your way to heaven. All you can do is receive what Jesus has given. Okay, let's just look up. You know... I believe that you and I can have a great year in Jesus if we to determine to make sure we have those genuine connections. Yeah. You know, God wants to change us to change earth. Yeah. But the very first by reaching into heaven, but the very first part of the earth he wants to change is us. Yeah. So. It's our hearts. And when you're relating to God, don't be religious. If you find yourself being religious, just say, God. I'm going to throw all that out the window. I'm not going to play games with with myself and with you. It'll sink your boat. But be real and expect him to come around you. Hunger for his touch, for his word, for his presence. And friends, this is the first in a, a short series as I said, on prayer. We're probably doing three on this. And I'd like us over the next three weeks to be praying for our own lives, for our family's life, and for the church that's here. But I needed to preach this about the fact that we've got to connect. It's not works, because otherwise we might get works prayer where people will say, "I'll oh, pray for an hour, as if it's a tick box. Yeah. Oh, I've done it. God's looking for prayer whatever length of time where he's talking to you and you're talking to him and there's an understanding going on and there's connection going on in the heart. That's the prayer that changes the world. It'll start with our world and then it will begin to roll out into other people's worlds around us. So what I'd like to ask is for this week that you would go home from service today and say, I want to connect God and really determined to have some connection times with him. You might do as I do sometimes and just put your computer on and get some great music or some great whatever and just sit and soak and just listen to God and get a journal out and write. But times where you just say, God, I really want to connect with you. Next week, what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask you to take an initiative and to invite one or two friends around to your place. So if you get invited, then you don't have to do it. You're just part of it because you've been invited somewhere. But if no one's inviting you, just invite a friend. You can have a barbecue as part of it, but I just want to invite you to run some prayer meetings. Corporately praying. I'm going to give a sheet next week of about six or seven things out that you can be praying for, so the things to do with the church, they'll be really obvious you can do those things. But but normally... As congregation, you're waiting for someone like myself to say, this prayer meeting and that prayer meeting come along. Well, I'm refusing to do it next week. And I won't tell you the reason or one of the reasons. Yes I will. No, I won't. (laughs) but you know the church is the body it's us and so i just really want to encourage you just get some friends together and and have some prayer time together and have some corporate but again connect get it connecting with god so that what you're praying makes sense and three weeks away in the third week we will organize some prayer meetings at church which we will invite everyone to be able to come to and, and there'll be great times. But I'd really ask you to, to join in with this. Look, you're in a religious club if you don't connect. You're wasting your time. It's just a game. Jesus is about real life connection. And he wants it. He's going boing, 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 boing waiting to see if you and I are going to be as excited for him when he turns up as he is to be with us. Father, I pray that you, you will help us to see prayer in a totally different way, God. I pray that, Lord, we would be able to connect for five minutes, 15 minutes, or way beyond that too, Lord where we just enjoy you and enjoy your presence and enjoy the love around. And Lord, where we're able to hear you, and where we take time to listen. God, deliver us from religion. And may, may the true change that you want to bring about in St. Albans Baptist people, for us as a people be, Lord, that we grow and we become strong Christians who, who really do um, walk differently in this life that we've got, but it can only happen, Lord, if we're connecting with you and the true change of the heart takes place. So we ask you, Lord, deliver us from any old things that are old wineskins and help us to grab hold of the new flow of life that you're giving in a new way. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Please stand and we'll close with a song.